Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Numbers 877-381-3811, A couple of interesting points as I open the program here. I want to reiterate something because it's becoming more and more apparent that our government, that our Defense Department, that our State Department, that our commander-in-chief are afraid that if Ukraine is able to stalemate Russia or even defeat Russia in any effective way, then Putin might use nukes. Therefore, the thinking goes, we can provide minimum support to Ukraine, minimal support, just enough to make it clear that we're supporting our, our allies in Ukraine, but not enough where they can effectively really take out the Russian army. And so the Ukrainians are going to have to continue to suffer. They're going to have to continue to die. The Russians are free to commit atrocities and war crimes, which they are doing as I speak. They hit a maternity ward today. Maternity ward. Because Putin doesn't give a damn. He didn't give a damn when his surrogates in Syria used mustard gas against the people there. Didn't care about that in the least. He didn't give a damn when they blew out the Chechnyans under another pretext that he manufactured, slaughtering the civilians. 
He could care less. And yet, it's a very strange situation. Many of the people now who are, who've come to the position that he's unstable, that he's a monster, that he's a war criminal, some of them were once Putinites, claiming that we were instigating Putin, that we were provoking Putin. Of course, Biden left him open. He left the door wide open for Putin to attack, given what he did in Afghanistan and all the signals he sent Putin about his weakness and all the things he wouldn't do. But now we're having to listen to arguments or analysis on radio, on TV, and the media generally by retired lieutenant colonels, among others, that we cannot allow the Ukrainians to win, we cannot allow the Ukrainians to effectively defend themselves, even though they're a strong and brave people. I heard Petraeus effectively say this today. Because you don't know what Putin might do in response. He's so angry. U.S. spy chiefs say Putin may escalate despite Ukraine. This is Reuters. Leaders of U.S. spy agencies said on Tuesday that Russian President Vladimir Putin may intensify the assault on Ukraine despite military setbacks and economic hardships revolting from international sanctions setting up an ugly next few weeks. Our analysis... Our analysts assess that Putin is unlikely to be deterred by such setbacks and instead may escalate. Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines told the annual House of Reps Intelligence Committee hearing on worldwide threats where she testified with other intelligence agency directors. She said with tensions so high, there's always the potential for unintended escalation. Unintended escalation means providing the Ukrainians with the ability to defend themselves. Apparently that's what it means. Haynes said Putin's announcement that he was elevating his nuclear forces readiness was unusual, but intelligence analysts had no observed changes in Russia's nuclear posture beyond what was detected during previous international crises. We also have not observed force-wide nuclear posture changes that go beyond what we've seen in prior moments Heightened tension, she said. Director of the CIA, William Burns, echoed her assessment that Russia is unlikely to back down. I think Putin is angry and frustrated right now. He's likely to double down and try and grind down the Ukrainian military with no regard for civilian casualties. Burns said he and CIA analysts do not see how Putin can accomplish his goal of taking Kiev and replacing President Zelensky's government with a pro-Moscow or puppet leadership. He said, I fail to see how he can produce that kind of an endgame where that leads, I think, is for an ugly next few weeks in which he doubles down with scant regard for civilian casualties. Burns also said China's leaders are unsettled by events surrounding the assault on Ukraine, despite refusing to uh, condemn Russia or call the attack an invasion. They did not anticipate the significant difficulties the Russians were going to run into, I think they're unsettled by the reputational damage that can be done by their close association with Putin. Second, by the economic consequences at a moment when they're facing lower annual rates. While these intelligence heads are so off the mark, 
that Xi just announced he's going to be providing economic support to Russia. So within hours, they got it wrong. They've got it wrong. Lieutenant General Scott Barrier, Director of Defense Intelligence Agency, said his low-confidence assessment was two to 4,000 Russian troops have been killed. In other words, he has no idea. Tell me, how many civilians have been killed in Ukraine? Do we know? Do we even get estimates of that? I haven't seen any of you, Mr. Producer. How many people is Putin slaughtering? How come we're not getting any numbers? How come we're not getting any questions about that to Pasaki or anybody else? Isn't that relevant? So, in addition to what I think is a very important point, I want to underscore it from the other day, that people are now effectively saying, you cannot allow Ukraine to win, you cannot allow Ukraine to even have a stalemate with the Russians because Putin might use nukes out of anger. Now, how insane is that? That means you really don't give a damn about the Ukrainians, and so be it. 44 million people down the drain, right? That is an outrageous thought process. And yet more and more people are coming to the point that I believe I first raged last week. I raised it early mid last week, Mr. Producer. Then we later heard Lindsey Graham, and I endorsed his position. Which was what, Mr. Producer? That they ought to take out Putin, right? And I had on my program last Sunday, just a few days back, the former commander of British forces in Afghanistan for a period of time, retired Colonel Richard Kemp, who said, well, why wouldn't we try and take him down or have somebody else take him down and support their efforts? That's done in virtually every war. But Petraeus is out there saying, look, this is different this time because he is nukes. Really? Did nukes just show up today? Is that right? Where's this guy been? I thought he was a general. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Putin needs to be taken out. He needs to be taken out. Because if it is the position of the experts, the generals and the intel agencies, that he is not allowed to lose, that there's not allowed to be a stalemate because this guy's lost his mind and he'll press the button, then he needs to be taken out. And while you can criticize Lindsey Graham for many things, you cannot criticize him for this. And he's asked to come on the program, and he will be on the program in hour three, not to discuss judges and other issues, to discuss this issue. As you know, I don't always agree with Lindsey Graham, but when credit is deserved, credit is deserved. He's a senator who has spoken out publicly, not behind the scenes. You have these people say what's happened, in Ukraine is horrific. What's happening to these people is horrific. Well, let's help them get make 29. No, we can't do that. That may uh, escalate and instigate. Oh. Well, maybe if the Russian people or the people around Putin would take him out, that would be a good thing. That would be that that might bring this to an No, that may instigate and escalate. What exactly are you saying? That no effective way to box in Putin is acceptable because it might instigate and escalate. That is essentially what the Biden government is saying. 
That's essentially what the talking heads are saying in Washington and New York. That's essentially what the, the script writers for the remaining pathetic newspapers in this country are writing. And that's what they want you to believe. Don't believe it. And yet, if it's true, more the reason that Putin needs to be taken out. And you also heard on Life, Liberty, and Levin, James Carafano, as well as on this radio program, make the point you cannot look at these countries, that is, Iran, China, and Russia, individually, bifurcate one from the other. And what did China do today? Demonstrated the point perfectly. They're coming in behind Russia to assist Russia. So you've heard talking heads say, China's the greatest threat. That needs to be our focus. Forget about Russia. Why do we care about Kiev? These people are dumber than rocks. The Putin wing of the Republican Party, the Putin wing of the media, Biden, his party, stupid as hell. In my humble opinion, of course. Meanwhile, the Russians are committing atrocities. And they are committing war crimes, and they're going to do more. Even our own government says they're going to do more. The Ukrainian people want to fight. Well, Mark, there's millions of refugees. Yeah, women and children. Hand-to-hand combat breaks out on streets of Kiev suburb, New York Post. Hand-to-hand combat has broken out on the streets of the Kiev suburb of Irpin, which has been devastated by relentless Russian bombing and shortages of food, water, and electricity. There's real street fighting now, a Ukrainian paratrooper named Stas told AFP, the French press agency. In some places, there's actual hand-to-hand combat. The paratrooper, who did not provide his full name, said the Russians have staged a huge column, 200 men, 50 light-armored vehicles, several tanks in the small town. And they're showing you images of what they've done to this town. They have obliterated it. The city is almost ruined. The district where I'm living, it's like there are no houses which were not bombed, a young mom told Reuters while she was holding a baby. The older people, those who cannot use their feet, they remain. They can't leave. They're still hoping to be saved, she said to the town's elders, adding that everyone able to walk has fled. Residents said constant attacks have made living in the town hell. Ukrainian actor turned soldier. Pasha Lee was killed in action, Mark 6, in a Russian shelling in Irpin. The Russians are positioning themselves in residential buildings, apartments, shops. Soldier Konstantin Lakamatsky told AFP after that, they started shooting exclusively at civilians. This is my third war, but this never used to happen. No one shot at civilians back then. They're trying to pick off the civilian population. Pick off the civilian population. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now 
at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Went a little long there. This segment will be shorter, you might say. Why is it believed that the provision of MiG-29s to the Ukrainian Air Force will result in a nuclear response? I don't get that either, Mr. Producer. We're giving them javelins, right? We're giving them mobile ground-to-air missiles to take out helicopters and jets, right? They've taken out some helicopters and jets. So if they get MiG-29s, Putin all of a sudden is going to start firing off nuclear warheads? Where does this kind of thinking come from? It's a straw man. We can't ignore the fact that the man has nuclear weapons, and we're not ignoring the fact that the man has nuclear weapons. And they talk about, and this phrase really drives, an off-ramp. He needs an off-ramp. He's not taking any off-ramp. And so I'll go back to how I started this program and the point that I raised. Aren't people basically saying that the Ukrainians are not allowed to win? That the Ukrainians are not allowed to succeed in defending their own people? Isn't that what effectively you're hearing? Because if they're too good at taking on Putin, that'll upset Putin which will result in him using nukes. I don't believe that for two seconds. I don't believe it for two seconds. Well, Mark, that's fine for you to say. I notice we're putting Patriot missile systems, defense systems, in Poland. How did we come about to have Patriot missile systems? Remember that? I mean, if you build these, these Patriot missiles, says Star Wars... You'll provoke the Soviet Union to attack us because you'll be able to neutralize their nuclear arsenal. They were wrong about that, too. If you put medium-range nukes in Europe, just like the, the Russians did, you're going to cause a nuclear arms race. Didn't happen. They're always wrong. Always. These pundits in Washington, the neocon artists. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. 
To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. They can clone the others, but there's only one Mark Levin, and you can call him at 877-381-3811. You will recall, ladies and gentlemen, on these MIGs, first, the word was out that MIGs were going to be transferred to the Ukrainian Air Force, that those pilots were going to come to Poland, Hungary, Romania, get these MIGs, and fly them across the borders. Then, all of a sudden, it was nixed. Then all of a sudden, we get Blinken this Sunday, who says that they're trying to work deals out and see if it's possible, in fact, to transfer MiG-29s to the Ukrainian Air Force. Remember that, Mr. Producer? We played audio to that effect. The polls announce, yes, we're prepared to send MiGs, and we'll send them to the uh, United States in Germany at their Air Force base there to be sent to the Ukraine. Then the administration says it was caught off guard. How are you caught off guard when you're involved in negotiating these things? Well, they announced it without telling us. Maybe they're trying to push you to get it done. So whether it's the MiG-29s, whether it's oil, whether it's the financial system, Joe Biden hasn't led a thing. He hasn't led a thing. But there's now, we learn, bio-research facilities in the Ukraine. Bio-research facilities in the Ukraine, and now we fear they'll fall in the Russian hands. Russia has made known its interest in Ukraine for a long time. I don't understand why we didn't muscle them up when we talked about it on this program prior to Russia invading or dismantle these labs or do something. Cut one, go. Does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those. Wow, why are we interested in Ukraine, ladies and gentlemen? Well, there's one answer among a thousand. Go ahead. Falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. I'm sure you're aware that the Russian propaganda Groups are already putting out there all kinds of information about how they've uncovered a plot by the Ukrainians to release biological weapons in the country and with NATO's coordination. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or, uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100 percent it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. It amazes me to hear the Democrats speak this way about the Russians. You know, I'm old enough to remember Ronald Reagan. I served in his administration for eight years. 
We call the Soviet Union, he did, the evil empire he was attacked when he took steps to try and defeat the Soviet Union. He was attacked. And let me make this abundantly clear. Reagan did not believe in all the propaganda you're hearing today. Mutual assured destruction, that you have to accommodate and live with the Russians. He wanted to destroy the Soviet Union. And he plotted and planned on how to destroy the Soviet Union. And it was economic. We have the economy being destroyed in our country by Biden and his party, starting with fuel, energy, fossil fuels. What do you think Reagan would say about what Biden is doing to our oil industry? And then he lies about it. Then he blames them for price hikes. It's a good little Marxist Biden. No more of this nonsense about moderate, centrist his whole life. Nah, he's a hack Marxist. That's what he is. In his old age, that's where he has settled politically. That's what he is. It's not that I've misdiagnosed him politically. It's that's what he is. You just have to step up and accept it. And um, the idea that if you help the Ukrainians enough with weaponry and so forth, that they might actually be able to take the Russians or at least push them back or at least stalemate them, that's an escalation, that's a provocation. You would think Reagan would have believed that? Is that what he believed in Afghanistan or Angola or other parts of the world? Nicaragua. No. It's not. I see our new good friends Venezuela has released to Americans, so obviously they've been pr- pr- uh, promised billions in ransom. As he enslaves and slaughters his people. They're about to cut a deal on Iran. Which ensures that those people are slaughtered and enslaved. But even more. Nuclear ICBMs aimed at the United States. This guy Biden and this administration is going to leave the world. In such a way. Re-engineered in so many ways. It will be a complete destruction of our. Of our security. You talk about Vladimir Putin and nukes. Just imagine the Islamo-Nazis with nukes. It's really appalling. So this administration has gone from supporting the use of MiG-29s to opposing it, to supporting it, to opposing it. But don't worry, they're leading. Meanwhile, the Ukrainians are fighting for their lives and their freedom. The people are being slaughtered. Clearly now, without question, war crimes and atrocities being committed. That's how they intend to win. That is the, the Russians. Victoria Newland. Well, I don't want to get to her yet. John Kirby at the Pentagon. This man is a disgrace. He's an admiral. I don't know why he's an admiral. He's a good bootlicker. I think that's why he's an admiral. Here's his uh, final proclamation on the issue of MiG-29s to Ukraine. Go. Now, the secretary also had a chance to discuss with Minister Blaschuk the proposal to send MiG-29 fighter aircraft to Ukraine, and specifically the notion of doing so by way of transfer to U.S. custody. Secretary Austin thanked the minister for Poland's willingness to continue to look for ways to assist Ukraine, 
but he stressed that we do not support the transfer of additional fighter aircraft to the Ukrainian Air Force at this time and therefore have no desire to see them in our custody either. So now we've gone even further. We don't want the Ukrainian pilots, the Ukrainian Air Force, to even have these mix, regardless of how they might get to Ukraine. And I said last week, I smell a rat. I smell a rat that it had to be Biden and his administration. That reversed course originally, going from, yes, we want to get the MiG-29s into no, then later, yes, and now, of course, definitively, I think, no. But the first time, it was no. And then Sunday, on the Sunday shows, Blinken's talking about how we're working with our allies to figure out how to work that out. No, they weren't. They were never going to give them the MiGs. Because it might osculate, it might provoke. Now, it seems to me, bombing a maternity ward and killing little babies, that escalates. Right? So the Ukrainians are not really allowed to defend themselves in a way in which they can assure that they'll have more muscle. They have to have one arm tied behind their back. Because, after all, Russia is nothing but a third world country with a Massive number of nuclear weapons. That's pretty much what it is. That's pretty much what it is. It's got a lousy economy. It's got a lousy industrial base. It's got a lousy financial system, but it's got a big military. It's got a big military. And so we have people, let's wait and see. Uh, We have people with their maps on all the channels, and I get it. And it's actually very helpful to understand what's going on. But the Ukrainian people, this isn't about an analysis. This isn't about waiting and seeing. This this is life and death. Right now. Right this minute. And uh, you see Hungary's taking in a couple of hundred thousand people so far. Poland's taking in hundreds of thousands of people. These Eastern European countries are taking them in. They're taking them in. Because they know that they're next in line. And so I go back to another question I've been asking. Next in line. So if and when Putin's done with Ukraine and he he aims his sights somewhere else, on the Balkan states... I would ask the Putin wing of the media and the Republican Party, what then? How about Hungary? What then? How about Poland? What then? How about Romania? What then? What then? He's still going to have those nukes, you know. He's still going to threaten to use them. So what then? It's not our problem, you know. Taiwan's not our problem. Middle East isn't our problem. The rest of Asia is not our problem. Europe's not our problem. Oh, I see. Sounds like we have a world war on our hands then, doesn't it? Yes. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. like the United States of America. We have to get our our bearings back. Rather than becoming shaky old men and old women, we need to be the muscular society we've always been. You've got two sets of voices at least out there who keep dragging down the psyche of this country and the spirit of this country. The American Marxist movement, which has caused a grave amount of cynicism and confusion and anger, and the Putin wing of the Republican Party, dressed up as nationalists and populists, who, if you really think about them, keep trashing the country, too. That's why we're constitutional conservatives. That's why we believe and the principles set forth in the Declaration of Independence. So we don't, we're not into some new movement, whether it be of Marxism or the mobocracy, one or the other. We need to steady ourselves, America. The world needs to respect us. The world needs to fear us. Now, I understand the knucklehead who's in the Oval Office. He's a disaster. I understand what... Surrender in Afghanistan meant. I understand what surrender to the Iranians now means. I understand what surrender to Putin, on the, whether his pipeline or whatever the issue was, what it all means. I understand that Biden failed to muscle up the Ukrainians prior to the invasion. He even fails to muscle up our military, which needs it. Apparently, we're running out of F-16s. Who knew? But this is very important, ladies and gentlemen. We're red-blooded Americans. We have phony America firsters who say that we're just going to run into a war again and get obliterated. Nobody supports that. Nobody that I'm aware of. Then we have the American Marxists who are quietly, and some of them not so quietly, rooting against us. Then if you raise your voice against them, you must be making money off of this. What are you talking about, morons? Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Get ready for the next shoe to drop. Oh yes, the next shoe to drop. 
Iran. With the Russians negotiating on our behalf, where did you first hear that? You first heard that here. Nobody was telling you this. It's amazing to me. I should own the New York Times or the Washington Post, don't you think, Mr. Producer? But I don't want to go bankrupt like they did. So anyway, the Islamo-Nazi regime that wants nukes and aims them at us, the Russian regime, which we're told is head by a nut, right? Unstable, madman, a monster, leading the negotiations for the United States, working with China and Iran behind the scenes. And the Russian negotiator said as much, that they've basically pulled the wool over our eyes. They basically said as much. So think about this. It's incredible. Really outrageous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then on the oil. That's not the fault of Joe Biden and the Democrats and their policies. Sure it is. And sure it was. It's their fault. They did it. And they should take credit for it. You bet. And we'll get into this. One of the things I also want to get to today uh, is this unbelievable undercover video. We'll play the audio by Project Veritas, James O'Keefe's group. Matt Rosenberg, Matthew Rosenberg, New York Times National Security Correspondent, Pulitzer Prize winner, but then again, who isn't? They hand those things out like lollipops. He talks about how January 6th has been overstated and overplayed by the left and the media. And yet he's written some of the most, you know, outrageous pieces on the subject. I know there's a lot going on this evening, but I don't want to forget to do that, and we won't forget to do that. And then finally, an extraordinarily rare appearance by a senator that appears almost everywhere. Lindsey Graham. That's our three. We've got a lot to do, a lot to go over, you and I. And I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. Ladies and gentlemen, let me put this as plainly as I know how. You want to effectively fight inflation. You want to effectively drive down the cost of fuel, which drives down then the cost of everything. You want to increase the production of goods and services? Then you embrace capitalism. 
Which party embraces capitalism? Really neither. But which party embraces it more than the other? The Republican Party. The Democrat Party despises capitalism. They despise it because it relates to individuality and freedom, which they despise. And so I just want to make the point. If you want to lower the price of fuel, then you have to support capitalism. You have to support a party that at least is quasi-supportive of capitalism. You have to reject phony climate change because that is a degrowth movement. Look, they don't talk about developing our way out of climate change. They don't talk about developing our way out of anything. They're like throwbacks. Three, four thousand years ago, they point to the sun and they say, Hey, sun. There's wind again. Wind. And that's how they see energy. Sun. Wind. What about the combustion engine? No. What about steam power? No. What about hydroelectric? No. Wind. Sun. These are primitives. Their ideology is primitive. Now, if you actually think about these things and you have ideas like fracking, they want to shut you down and shut you up. They create ambiguous terms like climate change. So everything they want and everything they push falls within the parameters of climate change. And that's always the answer. That they always have the answer. They don't have any answer. They have catchphrases. They have destructive policies. They want you to believe you create climate change. You don't have any power whatsoever to create climate change. I dare you to do it. You have none. Therefore, the way you you change climate change is to regulate you. What is climate change, actually? What does it mean? It means nothing. Or let me put it this way. It means everything and nothing. You can put whatever you want into that phrase. But that's why it means pretty much nothing. Now, there are basic laws of supply and demand. Some of you may have actually learned that in economics. Laws of supply and demand. If you reduce the supply, while there's demand, even flat demand, the price goes up. If you reduce the supply while there's increased demand, the price goes up a whole lot more. If you take American oil rigs, or a significant percentage of them, out of the marketplace by regulation, and by telling oil companies, hey, look, we're moving to electricity. So get the hell out of the way. So they're not going to invest like they otherwise might. Nobody is. Because they look at the horizon and they look at what's coming. And so they don't. Perfect sense. That's the way freedom works. Using your noggin and making decisions. But that also drives up the price of fuel. If you're going to try and pressure Venezuela 
and Saudi Arabia and other countries to give us more oil. That destroys your whole ideology, doesn't it? Because it's, it's no longer about carbon dioxide and climate change. It's about who creates carbon dioxide and quote-unquote climate change, right? So for this administration, just to show you the full-scale insanity, this administration is turning to Saudi Arabia and Venezuela to create more quote-unquote climate change through carbon dioxide. But it dare not let our domestic producers do that because this is part of the political movement that they have they've hooked on to. And it's very extensive and it's very powerful within the Democrat Party and the media. So it's okay if these regimes, and that's what they are in Saudi Arabia and Venezuela, do it. But it's not okay if under a capitalist system that we do it. Isn't that amazing? And why? Because the, the Leninist wing of the American Marxist movement is more in sync with Venezuela, among other countries, than it is with our own country. That's why. Bernie Sanders used to be a big, big supporter. Oh, you know what? As I sit here, Mr. Producer in America, we haven't heard from Bernie Sanders since his friends, the Russians, have invaded Ukraine, have we? Has anybody heard from Bernie Sanders? Where is he? Where is Bernie Sanders, America? Is he a holdout in uh, Vermont or something? I don't hear him condemning Russia. Do you? No. I don't hear him at all. Funny thing, isn't it? Yeah, funny thing. So back to oil. The Democrats for decades have wanted to drive up the cost of gasoline to you. They haven't made any secret about it. But you don't want to pay this kind of price. It's impossible for people to keep up. If you have a Ford truck, a 150 as an example... It's costing you, a buddy of mine told me, $175 each time he fills up his his, uh, vehicle. Every single time. And of course, people with other vehicles, it's costing them a record amount. You're now paying a record amount to fill up your car, more than ever before in American history. And they want you to think it's because of the war between Russia, well, the war launched by Russia against Ukraine. No, that's not correct. As you well know, the price was starting to skyrocket long before that, and the Democrats were perfectly happy with it. In fact, they keep saying, this demonstrates why we need to go to sun and water and air and whatever. This demonstrates that we're right. That's what they say, because they're imbeciles, moronic. But that's not the case. They're wrong all the time. And they did drive up the price of fuel. And then they come up with these cockamamie lies because they know the media will promote them and it takes three days to catch up. But I pointed it out yesterday and I wasn't reading any official oil industry newsletter or anything. I just know this stuff and so do you. It's common sense. Well, there's 9,000 leases out there. So how many of them oil? How many of them oil? They don't hand them out and say, this one has oil, this one has oil, this one. 
you have to build roads to these places. You have to build some kind of an infrastructure. You have to build rigs. You have to hire people. You have to have the ability to move it, trucks and so forth and so on. And you're not going to do any of those things when the Biden administration is crippling you and the Biden administration says, we're going to shut you down eventually. So that is why this whole argument that like 9,000 leases is such a lie. But it's an easy number, so you'll debate it. You know, you got 9,000 leases out there like the good morons they are. Your liberal neighbors in college. Hey, there's 9,000. Why aren't they drilling? These are the same people who don't want drilling asking you why aren't they drilling. It's preposterous. And yet we know that before Biden took over, that the price of fuel was low, that we were energy independent, that Anwar was open, the pipelines were being built. All of that's been reversed. So Biden wants the benefit of his radical movement saying Biden is really on our side. But he wants, he wants you to think it's not him. So they talk out of both sides of their mouth. They have to create a schizophrenic kind of a PR move. It's not going to work, I hope. It comes down to this, and I tell you this every time. Biden and the others, the American Marxists, the media, they want the benefits of the golden goose, but they hate the golden goose. So they want the golden eggs from the golden goose, but they're strangling the golden goose. And they want you to believe you can have it both ways. And then they want you to hate the oil companies. I hate them. Big oil. Big, big meat. The price of meats are up. Oh, big meat. Now the price of wheat. Big wheat. Oh, big asparagus. Big corn on the cob. Oh, they're all, they're all joining against us. Big lima bean is joined with big baked bean. That's all big out there. But government's never big. Media's never too big. Debt's never too big. No. Folks, people are in business to be in business. They're business to sell stuff. They're not in business to create as little as they can and drive up the market. They're into quantity. They want to sell as much as they can. It doesn't make sense to blame them for any of this. It's nonsensical. It's idiotic. More on this. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, 
promo code Levin Podcast. By the way, here is Victoria Newland, Under Secretary of State for Political Affairs today at a hearing, or yesterday rather. Actually, under questioning by Marco Rubio. Cut one, go. Does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can... The Ukrainians? Okay. Now, you had a taste of this earlier in the hour. You're working with the Ukrainians to try and help you with this? Well, what do you expect the Ukrainians to do since they're under attack? What do you expect them to do? Now, Biden's out there saying that the price hike in oil is, that's Putin's price hike. No, it's Biden's price hike. He takes no responsibility for anything. But his mouthpieces are right there, ladies and gentlemen. Right there. And they prove the point. Somebody named Brian Deese. Brian Deese? Yes, Brian Deese. Director of the National Economic Council. He's done such a fantastic job. This guy's ticket should be pulled, whatever ticket it is. He's on CNBC today. Cut six, go. The medium and long term, I think... It's the, the, the path and the trajectory is clear. There is no amount of domestic production that we can do when we're dealing with a volatile global commodity where the price is set globally. There's no amount of domestic production we can do to reduce or eliminate. He's such an idiot. So, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing we can do for the Ukrainians. They're going to lose. There's nothing we can do about the price of fuel. It's over. These are your Democrats. These are your Democrats. First, they're proud of driving up the price to try and get you off your lousy automobiles and all kinds of uh, gas using of you know tools and equipment and all the rest. Then when the price goes up, it's Putin's fault. And yet, Biden's out there saying it's Putin's gas price increase. And this guy's saying, because it's an international volatile global commodity, it's not even Putin's fault. So whose fault is it? Uh, Well, I'm sorry. Just by electric cars, which are like, what, $100,000 a piece? Let's go to Dalip Singh. Dalip Singh, Deputy National Security Advisor, expert on all things. Here's Dalip. Cut seven, go. Does this uh, situation in Russia and the, the need for more domestic production... That's very Geist. Geist. Who's on with Joe Scarborough and Nika Brzezinski? Go ahead. Do any pause and cause you to reevaluate the president's decision to cancel the permit on Keystone at all over environmental concerns? No, that's a distraction, Willie. Uh, Keystone is a... Listen, a- an oil pipeline is a distraction. What do you need pipelines for? You know, this is just incredible to me. It's just incredible to me. Do they believe this crap? If oil pipelines were a distraction, if they weren't necessary, why do we have them? 
Why do we have them, ladies and gentlemen? Why did John D. Rockefeller create pipelines to begin with? It's just a distraction. We can move that stuff on trains and in trucks. and It's a distraction, folks, oil pipelines. Why do companies want to invest in oil pipelines? Because it's a distraction. It doesn't affect anything. Besides, it would have been years away from completion, you know. Years away. First of all, it would have been completed by now, but for the Democrat Party and but for their advocates. But it's like fracking. Oh, there can't be fracking. Then they figure it out through various technology and various practices over a period of 25 years. They develop fracking. It's so far away, and now we have it. But of course, ladies and gentlemen, the world of the Jetsons, that's not far away. That's just around the corner, don't you know? Oh, yeah. We'll get rid of fossil fuels. We'll get rid of the combustion engine. It's going to be fantastic. We'll all walk around with propeller hats and battery-operated socks in the winter. It's going to be great. Oh, my God. We're going to have electric stations everywhere. Now, they won't work, mind you, because we'll have brownouts and blackouts, and we won't have enough fossil fuels to create electricity. There won't be enough sun to create electricity. There won't be enough wind to create electricity. But it doesn't matter. Unreliable? Who cares? Doesn't matter. These same jackasses who brought you inflation and open borders, who brought you a massive debt, these same jackasses who are destroying our currency, who took a nation that was energy independent now made it dependent on Venezuela and Iran and Russia. These same jackasses who hate our Constitution, who push critical racism theory, who are trying to destroy the nuclear family with, oh, you can chop this off and add this on and do all these. These are the people who you want in charge of energy? What does Dalip Singh know about energy? Nothing. What does Joe Biden know about anything? Nothing. I'll be right back. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. By the way, I meant to mention, in all the fuss and muss, and I will, um, back in Florida I talked about various events. 
I went to a half marathon. Did I tell you this, Mr. Producer? I really wasn't really dressed to run this half marathon. I had long pants on, my sneaks, walking sneaks. Had my t-shirt on, that I did, and my baseball cap. But I wasn't really prepared to run. And that's not why I was there. I was there because my wife is a marathon runner. Now, she used to run full marathons, but for reasons I choose not to mention, she now runs half marathons. And she hadn't run in a marathon for some time. She hadn't really practiced, although she runs all the time. But I mean practice by running miles and miles and miles. She'll run seven miles, eight miles, which is unheard of to me. But these half marathons are obviously more than that. And she came in second in her age group, Mr. Medusa. Now, she usually comes in first, but she came in second. And, uh, you know, and considering what she has to go through in order to run, it's really quite amazing. So I'm very proud of her, my wife, Julie. She runs further than I drive my car. Did you know that, Rich? I have a 10-mile radius. Beyond that, I don't go. Beyond that, I don't go. But she does. Back to business here. From the Washington Free Beacon, one of the great sites. Despite reassurances from the White House that it is doing nothing to discourage oil companies from opening new drill sites. President Joe Biden's allies in Congress just months ago pressured oil executives to decrease outputs because of climate change, raising questions about the Democrat Party's strategy to lower prices for consumers. I might add that their slip-and-fall, ambulance-chasing, hate-America lawyers have done the same thing. They sue them, bring civil suits, stockholder suits, class class action suits, uh, in order to try and force them to adopt quote-unquote climate change policies. In late October, for example, the House Oversight and Reform Committee, controlled by the Democrats, of course, called in the CEOs of Exxon, BP, Shell, and Chevron to explain what steps they're taking to produce less oil and less gas with Representative Hank Johnson, Democrat of Georgia, nitwit, alleging that, quote, the world can't wait, unquote, any longer. At the time, gas prices were hovering around a 10-year high. This October. Meanwhile, Biden said this week that his administration's policies are not holding back domestic energy production, echoing comments from Press Secretary Pasaki, who said that federal policies aren't limiting these supplies of oil and gas before mentioning thousands of unused pre-approved oil and gas drilling leases. Some Democrats, such as Ro Kahana, have demanded that domestic oil companies dramatically curtail their domestic operations. He's a dummycrat from Silicon Valley. At the same time, Ghana has called for the U.S. to end its dependency on oil imports from countries such as Russia. This guy must be a genius. In one exchange during October hearing, Ghana pressed Shell President Gretchen Watkins on whether she agreed that, quote, 
under the Paris Agreement that we need to have oil and gas production declining every year. After she answered, the company believes that hydrocarbon demand needs to reduce if we're going to get to net zero emissions by 2050. Kahana demanded to know whether Shell will decrease its production by 2% each year, a figure initially offered by the company in 2019. This is what happens when left-wing democratic fantasies meet reality. Kahana and other Democrats spend most of the fall trying to strangle the life out of oil and gas companies and now feigning surprise and evading responsibility at the outcome, said Kevin McCarthy, and he's correct. Kahana almost also demanded to know whether Chevron CEO Michael Wirth was embarrassed that his company had increased production, quote, while European counterparts are going down, unquote. When Wirth said that global demand has increased, Kahana asked for a commitment to help bring the actual demand of oil production down. Another Democrat, Robin Kelly, Illinois, continued Kahana's uh, line of questioning. Will Shell commit to reducing gas production as part of its emissions reductions plan? In light of the invasion of Ukraine, Representative Kana called on President Biden to release oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to bring down the price of gas and supports oil companies increasing production at existing facilities in the short term, a spokes idiot said for the idiot. In the long term, he believes we need a moonshot to develop renewable energy sources to prevent similar situations from happening in the future. Have a more diversified energy source. This guy is a putz. Do you know he wants to come on Life, Liberty, and Levin, Mr. Producer? He's all over Fox. So why should I lend my fantastic show to the guy? If he wasn't all over Fox, fine. But I have, my show's only 40 minutes a week. I don't have time to waste with hot air. There it is. Can somebody please develop a mechanism, a mechanism where we can use his hot air and the hot air of the left to at least heat the Capitol building? The average price for gas at the end of Biden's first week of office was $2.39 a gallon. Oh, the good old days. They've now hit above four bucks on their way to five. Although defenders of Biden say the rising prices are forces outside the administration's control, as well as Putin's invasion of Ukraine, Republicans say Biden's decision to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline and institute a moratorium on whose gas, gas leases is responsible. Wow. See, these guys are frauds. They're frauds now, and they've always been frauds. It's the truth. Here we have... From NBC News, this is going back February 24, 2022, a couple of weeks. The Biden administration is delaying decisions on new oil and gas leases and permits after a Louisiana federal judge blocked officials from using higher cost estimates of climate change. They used higher cost estimates of climate change, ladies and gentlemen, even though they don't have the foggiest idea what they're talking about, in order to prevent new oil and gas leases. The leasing pause is an unintended result of the February 11 decision by U.S. District Judge James Kane. He argued the administration's attempt to raise the real cost of climate change would hike energy costs. So they were trying to hike energy costs by building in climate change costs a vague, nebulous, ambiguous, how else can I put it, bullcrap figure to drive up the cost of energy production. 
The ruling has prompted delays and uncertainty across at least four federal agencies that were using higher cost estimates of greenhouse gas emissions and decisions. The Biden administration is delaying decisions on new oil and gas leases and permits. The leasing pause is an unintended result of the February 11 decision. The ruling has prompted delays and uncertainty, as I said. And one of the most significant and unintended outcomes, NBC writes, of the ruling is the government's... And it cuts off. Work surrounding public-facing rules, grants, leases, permits, and other projects has been delayed or stopped altogether so that agencies can assess whether and how they can proceed. So they have killed all new leases because they were trying to inflate the cost of the old ones in order to drive up the cost of production. On his first day in office, Biden restored the climate cost estimate to roughly $51 per ton of carbon dioxide. Trump had cut the number to roughly $7. So they built in the social cost of carbon. Well, without carbon, we die because plants can't live. They don't produce oxygen then. But the judge wrote that using such a metric in oil and gas in terms of the lease reviews would artificially increase the cost estimates of lease sales, which would directly impact states receiving bids and production royalties through energy production. So here they are. Here they are sabotaging the production of oil. Here they are sabotaging you. What you pay, the end user, at the gas pump. And then they blame the very companies they're sabotaging. Unbelievable. Then they go to an attorney at Earth Justice. Idiot represents the Earth. Bizarro. The order will also delay the energy department's court-ordered plan to issue energy conservation standards for manufactured housing. More delay, more red tape, more driving up the cost, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy. Drilling on public lands generates billions of dollars in revenue and contributes to about a quarter of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions. Despite a campaign vow to stop drilling, Biden has approved more drilling permits on public lands per month than Donald Trump did during his first years in office. This is how they argue this case. We're not talking about his first years in office. What did Joe Biden inherit? They don't want to talk about Donald Trump's last year in office for the reason I said yesterday. It takes several years to build up the ability to use these leases and drill. Trump inherited the Obama-Biden economy and these rules and regs. They have to litigate. Then they have to issue rules and regs. Then they have to give a period of time for input, and it goes on and on and on. And finally, you're free, after three years in the administration of Trump, to go ahead and drill baby drill, as my wife reminded me about Sarah Palin, <coughs> to drill baby drill. That's why they won't look at the last year of Trump. Because Trump was fighting in his first three years, the eight years of Obama-Biden. Capiche? Hope so. Joe Biden's ambassador to Germany has such an important role as a diplomat that as they report at Breitbart, Matt Boyle, she spent the last two weeks in America. In America. 
Her name is Amy Gutman, who Breitbart News reported in mid-February traveled back to the U.S. after presenting her credentials to make an appearance at the Munich Security Conference. She's not been back to Germany since. Breitbart News reported that at the time, Vice President Kamala Harris refused to let Gutman fly back to the States on Air Force Two. So she took a commercial flight back home. It's still unclear if the ambassador or taxpayer paid for that flight. A spokesidiot for the U.S. Embassy in Berlin confirmed to Breitbart News the ambassador has not been back in Germany since she returned to the United States. The spokesidiot, Giuseppe Giordano Schatz, insisted that Gutman had been working during her time in the United States. Oh, sure she has. Been very, very busy. When will she go back to Germany? We don't know. But she hasn't been in Germany during the entire time of the Russian-Ukrainian war. Which started with Russia invading Ukraine on February 24th. She left and she hasn't returned. Why is that? Isn't that when you need a, an ambassador more than ever? We'll be right back. Mark in. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. He said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Veronica Escobar, a Democrat from Texas, at a hearing today. Hey, if we had only transitioned to green energy sooner, decades ago, we wouldn't be in this position. No, we'd be freezing to death. We'd go without food and transportation. Who the hell are these politicians who think they know anything? Cut eight, go. And we talk about the oil dependency that we have had as a country. I, and, and somebody mentioned the word history. Oil dependency? We have a booming economic system. You know, the thing about this, ladies and gentlemen, the argument used to be that the capitalist system couldn't create enough food, enough housing, enough material, enough wealth for all the people. Just a few at the very, very top. Now that's a lie, and it's been proven a lie. So now they take the opposite argument. They do this all the time, whether it's global cooling, global warming. And they've taken a different position, which is, we produce too much. We're polluting the world. First it was too little, now it's too much. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as I keep saying, this isn't the United States of the Democrat Party. It's not the United States of the American Marxists. 
It's the United States of America. And the sooner, the faster these nut jobs are forced out of office, out of positions of control, the sooner and the faster we take the EPA, the Interior Department, and the rest of them and put them in a nice tight little box where they're doing what they're supposed to do rather than making Americans poorer and poorer is not fast enough for me. But the idea that the Democrat Party should run this country or these American Marxists should run this country. This is why there was an uprising in Virginia in the election and in New York and New Jersey and other parts of the country. I'll be right back. Are you an individual or business owner facing the heavy burden of back taxes, levies or wage garnishments? Life's challenges, especially those brought on by the economic impact of COVID-19 and inflation, can take a toll on your financial well-being. Now, the IRS has eliminated over a billion dollars in tax penalties and interest for back taxes. America First Tax Group is here to help you claim your share of these billions in tax relief before the IRS can claim the government share and clamp down. Call them now, 800-806-1299. The IRS has people working to collect your money, but it's time to turn the tables, folks. America First Tax Group is a full-service tax boutique that puts clients first. They understand the stress of dealing with tax problems, and they will be your guide through the process. Don't wait. Time is of the essence. Call America First Tax Group. Here's the number, 800-806-1299, or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Levin. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. His own words. Joe Biden, March 2020 at the Democrat presidential debate. Cut 15, go. No more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. That's Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen, two years ago. Not Vladimir Putin. Or is Joe Biden the Vladimir Putin uh, when it comes to the destroying the oil industry? Wow, Joe. More Joe Biden. September 2019 at a CNN Climate Town Hall event. Cut 16. Go. I think the way we deal with um, state lands is uh, we, we have less we have less. Uh, latitude what we say we can and cannot do i've argued against uh, any more oil drilling or gas drilling on federal lands that we can and uh, and, and 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 stop that i think we should in fact be looking at what exists now and making a judgment whether or not the those in fact that are there those wells that are there whether or not they're dangerous or whether or not they've already done the damage and what we can do from there by trying to change the attitude of the members of the 
of the governors of the various state and state legislatures. Now, we could pass national legislation, but I don't think we'd get it done in terms of getting the votes to get it done to say all fracking is going on now ends unless you can show there's some physical security need or worried about explosions, et cetera, which is a legitimate thing to worry about. But I would not allow any more. Oh. See, they used to brag about this. He talked about this so he could win the the anti-private property, anti-capitalist wing of the Democrat Party, which is more than a wing, really. It's, it's a gut. It's a gut. Meanwhile, here's his problem. Here's a report on the NBC Today show. Cut 17, go. 60% of oil consumption is for fuel, which means 40% is for everything else from the plastic in your smartphones to, of course, the produce, fertilizers for produce like fruit, also the grains that go to your chickens, all of that, which means that your grocery bill and many other bills, for that matter, are about to get a boost. It's a ripple effect that stretches far beyond just filling up. The skyrocketing cost of oil hitting you with the pump tied to not tens or hundreds, but thousands of other products. Sure, there's delivering the items. The majority of them are going to be on truck or rail, which consumes diesel fuel. But unknown to many shoppers, oil is in your products, too. Petroleum derivatives make up plastics and electronics like TVs and smartphones. For home and construction, they're in furniture, carpet, and roof shingles. At the grocery store, the crunch on fertilizer impacts produce, grain, and even meat and dairy. And everyday goods like moisturizer and sunscreen are packaged in plastic. Basic lotion for everyday use. At University Pharmacy in South Florida, Natasha Patel sees the upticks on her shelves. But she says medicine, from asthma and cholesterol to blood pressure medication, is also on a steep curve. In some cases, up 200% or more with petrochemicals often involved in production. It's so hard to tell a patient, especially... No, it's big pharma, big oil, big meat, big banana, big cucumber, big asparagus, big yogurt. They're all conspiring against us. They all want to bankrupt you. They all want to destroy our economic system, don't you know? It's not Biden and the Democrats. It's not their economic policies. Economic policies that have been tried in other countries and have destroyed their currency and destroyed their economies and destroyed their countries. No, 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 it's not that. Look around you. You know, you really have to be a paranoid SOB to be a leftist. You know that, Mr. Producer? You have to be a paranoid SOB. Go ahead. Prices going up to tell them, hey, now your medication that you need on a day-to-day basis to survive is going up as well. Nothing operates in a vacuum. Supply chain issues are also playing a role, making isolating the spike from oil alone very difficult. But it's a huge spoke in the wheel. A lot of people know there's petroleum products in tires. But if you're using a bike as an example, what about the cables on the brakes, the tape mm. on the handles, the styrofoam in the helmets, the plastic hey, we in we got to get rid of fossil fuels, replace it with the sun and the wind. And exactly how are you going to do that with all the things this man is talking about? Sam Brock of NBC Today shows Sam Brock deserves a pat on the head. How could they possibly let some irash- such a rational human being on one of these programs? You'd never see him on with George Stephanopoulos. 
or schmuck Todd. Go ahead. The products in this store have some form of petroleum. At No Boundary Sports in Coral Gables, Oscar Paez tells me it's a perfect storm of issues. Uh, shortage of supply, we have logistical issues, and you see gas prices go up or petroleum-based stuff, you'll see higher prices. While racing to get a bike might save you on fuel, some more practical tips for staying conscientious at any point include buying off-brand food products. The most expensive ones are often at eye level, and shopping for appliances at independent stores where you might negotiate a better bargain. Either way, shoppers are starting to see double vision. Or get up at 4 a.m. in the morning like they do in other communist societies, and get a line. Like it's, like it's Black Friday after Thanksgiving, or, or like you're at Macy's, get in line. So you can get there and get the sliced bread before anybody else. Maybe get some salami if you're lucky. That's right. That's right, they're driving up the price of everything. You can't get rid of fossil fuels, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody knows that, unless you're one of these morons. But you'll drive the prices up, boy, of everything. Everything! Because that's what they do. Meanwhile, a reporter today asked Kevin McCarthy a very, very important question. And in the context of this question, this reporter lied Again, I, my wife, my mother-in-law were present, and my stepson, at CPAC in Orlando when President Trump gave a speech. I played for you the relevant couple of minutes. He didn't just stand up, you know, that Vladimir Putin's a smart guy. He said he's smart, that he did. He said Biden's dumb, there's no debating that. But he basically trashed Putin for what Putin was doing. Said it was outrageous what was happening to the Ukrainian people. It was wouldn't have happened under his watch, and he would have confronted Putin and so forth. And so, so all of that context is missing. And I keep telling these Republican leaders, you need to pay attention to this. I don't know. Does McCarthy even try to come on the program anymore, Mister Producer? Kevin, Kevin. Anyway, listen to this. Cut eighteen. Go. The former president has praised Vladimir Putin's moves. Very oh, that's savvy. the idiot from CNN. Raul Maju or something or other, right? I'm close. Go ahead. The former president has praised Vladimir Putin's moves very savvy and as genius. Do you agree with them? That's not what he did, Kevin McCarthy. It's CNN, for God's sake. the constipated news network. Where they have a gastro guy there who does nothing but colonoscopies on these people because they need them. Go ahead think anything savvy or genius about Putin. I think Putin is evil. I think he's a dictator. I think he's murdering people right now. And I think um, what has happened, I went to Ukraine taking Republicans and Democrats a number of years ago. When I came back from that trip, I requested a meeting with then the vice president of America, Joe Biden. I went to the Situation Room. And I advocated that we should sell them javelins based upon Russia had come into Ukraine before. They have no defense to be able to fight back. The uniqueness of Ukraine is they don't ask for American men or women to come fight for them. All they ask is to be able to supply the weapons that they could defend themselves, defend their own freedom. That administration said no. President Trump said yes. 
It gave him some ability. Got that? Got that media? Trump said yes. Biden said no. Wow. Stark contrast. Stark contrast. I wonder what Joy Reid thinks about that. She thinks that's great. He said no to white people. Right, Joy? Joe Biden deserves credit for that. Remember your monologue the other day, Joy? As I said the other day, what is it with these women on TV? Not all of you named Joy. These women on TV named Joy. Why are they like among the most despicable on the planet? Am I allowed to say women? How about birthing people? What's the other Joy on The View? What, what's her name again? Behar. Behar. Can't really call her a birthing woman, can we, Mr. Producer? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you gotten your letter from the IRS yet? These last few years have not been easy on the American family. And with tax season finally arriving, there'll be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them. Well, America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-806-1299. Hello, 800-806-1299. And you'll be in touch with the America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS and help put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-806-1299. That's 800-806-1299 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Levin. Again, 800-806-1299 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com. Dot com slash L-E-V-I-N. Well, it's a rarity, but nonetheless, there are times when we need to hear from Lindsey Graham, and one of those times is now. Senator Graham, how are you, sir? <laughs> well, I'm doing good, yes. Now is one of those rare moments in history where I need to speak. All right, Lindsey, seriously. You said right, that Pute needs to be taken out. And what's interesting is more and more people are coming around to that position because if he's deranged, if actually right. helping Ukraine to stalemate the Russians or even defeat the Russians is considered, mm-hmm. and I'm hearing this more and more, Lindsey Grant, an escalation. Yeah. So in other words, if the Ukrainians can yeah. defend themselves and push back, we can't allow that to happen, Lindsey, because he might use a nuke. Well, then he needs to be taken out. If he's that much of a crazed <laughs> nut that's going to use a nuke against NATO or us, why is this so controversial? Well, it's only controversial in certain, in certain realms. So let me just say this. If Putin survives this, he's the biggest war criminal in the 21st century. He bombed a hospital today, a maternity hospital. If he's still standing when this is all over and a guy like Z- Zelensky falls, then China will take Taiwan. The Iranians will march toward a nuclear weapon. You'll have a nuclear arms race in the Mideast. So what happens in Ukraine really matters. So to the Biden administration, you're a day late and a dollar short. This idea of denying MiGs that their Polish government's willing to give to the Ukrainians to take the fight to the Russians is um, disgusting Unbelievable. and dishonorable. Well, so, but 36 hours ago or 48 hours ago, 
the position of the Biden administration was they green-lighted the transfer of the MiGs as long as Poland did it. When Poland said, well, why don't we send them to you and let you send them to the Ukrainians, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it got to be provocative. But you put your finger on it. You're the first guy to say this, and I believe this to the bottom of my being here, is that the reason they don't want the Ukrainians to have the MiGs, the Biden administration, is that they will use them to destroy that convoy, and they may actually beat Putin. And mm-hmm. they're afraid of a world where Putin loses a war. In other words, we're not going to help the Ukrainians as much as we could because the Biden administration is afraid of Putin losing. You know what I'm afraid of? Him winning. Mm-hmm. But they're not alone. I hear the commentators, too. It's like, uh, you know, they're very heroic people. They're fighting like hell, hand-to-hand yeah, combat. Yeah. They really yeah. are wanting to fight. But in the right. end, what these same people are saying, or at least in my view, is what they're saying is just don't win. Because then Putin's his back is against the wall, and then I say, okay, well, if that's what you really believe, then you better take him out, because when he's done with Ukraine, he's not done. Well, so the first thing, I heard a very prominent general, who I like a lot, say, we don't want to put Putin Putin in a box. Well, I actually do. So I heard that same general, Petraeus. Anyway, go ahead. And and so let's let's just say this. How many people agree with the following statement, that Putin does not want a buffer zone when it comes to the Ukraine uh, against NATO? He wants the Ukraine to be part of Russia, that he's not done when the Ukraine collapses, that he will go to Moldova and keep advancing to reconstruct the Soviet Union. Do you believe that that's his long-term plan? Yeah, he's going to move further. Do you believe that? That what? He's going to move further? Yeah. Yes, of course. Okay, well, you know why I believe that? Because that's what he said. Last year he gave a speech. (laughs) I'm going to give you the speech, and you can read it on your show. You've been terrific. So Putin, you know, Hitler said, give me the Sudetenland and I will stop. He was lying, right? Putin's not even claiming that if you give him Ukraine, he'll stop. He made a speech last year describing his desire to recreate the Soviet Union. So this is not about a buffer zone to NATO. This is about a guy trying to reconstruct the Soviet Union, you know, the Russian Empire. So if you believe that's his goal, how do you stop him? You stop him in the Ukraine. And how do you stop him in the Ukraine? You give the Ukrainians the capability to fight him as long as they can, as hard as they can, until somebody in Russia takes the guy out because life is so miserable. And the history of the old Soviet Union is they would either by hook or by crook, replace the next guy. This is this guy's held on longer than most. Um, well, but you, you're exactly right. People like to talk about the history of Russia and the Soviet Union. Okay, let's talk about it. You know, uh, that, that's yeah. part of, do you know of anybody who's, who lasted there other than Stalin for over 20 years? I don't. Well, so let's, let's look at it this way. We're trying to sanction the, world, the Russian oil gas. Yes, I love that song. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Just We're trying kidding. to sanction the Russian oil and gas sector because that's the revenue source for the war machine. And the Russian people are not our enemy, but Putin is. We've got to make life so miserable for the Russian people that they understand that Putin uh, only brings misery as long as he's their leader. But how did the Soviet Union become, come to being? It was a Russian revolution. Odessa, you had a mutiny on a Navy ship, and that's where this thing whole start, this whole thing started. I think if we start naming the military commanders who are committing these war crimes on behalf of Putin and actually put their names on television and start holding them accountable, that this could break. 
I really do believe this is the best chance, Mark, in 20 years to take Putin out. Yeah, and then you'll have people say, see that? You're a war hawk. You want to take Putin out? And I say, <laughs> it's the easiest, quickest way to help bring an end to this thing. It's the only way, Mark. There is no way. Okay, look at it this way. For 20 years, he's gotten away with murder, dismembering neighboring countries, uh, war crimes in Syria and Chechnya. He has now gone into the Ukraine. The Biden administration uh, missed a golden opportunity to hit him hard before he invaded. Everything they've done has been late. They've done it only because we've made them do it. They're holding back the jets because they're afraid the Ukrainians may actually effectively use them. Here's what I think most Americans believe right now. Putin needs to go, and we need to stand with Ukraine. If you don't believe Putin needs to go, then you're provocative. The most provocative thing you could say in 2022 it's okay for Putin to be the largest war criminal in the 21st century and still survive. It, it is amazing to me. And, and do they think that when and if he's done with Ukraine and he takes on other countries, that he's, right. if they really think he's going to use nuclear weapons, you think all of a sudden he's going to stop? Lindsey Graham, can you hold on a few more minutes? I can. We will be right back with Senator Lindsey Graham. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. And we are talking to Senator Lindsey Graham about matters of life and death and war and peace. Lindsey Graham, nuclear weapons, and I would add Iran. What's your take? Uh, they're going to try to get one unless somebody stops them. I have no confidence that the Biden administration has the ability to do it. I do believe Israel would go to war to stop the Iranian nuclear ambition. They're not trying to build a peaceful nuclear power program. They're trying to build a bomb. If you believe they're trying to build a peaceful nuclear power program, you shouldn't be allowed to drive in any state in the nation. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's falling on Israel. To do a deal with uh, Iran in the middle of this mess would be insane. And I afraid, But that's afraid where they're heading, to... Senator. So, so the JCPOA round one was terrible. It allowed enrichment, and it had a sunset clause. Uh, it will not be stronger and longer, as they tout. It will be shorter and weaker. So let me just say this. A um, couple rules to live by. Don't drink and drive, and never get to the left of the French on foreign policy. So what did the French say when Putin threatened nuclear weapons? We have nuclear weapons, too. So I'm tired of living my life 
under the fear of a um, dictator threatening mm-hmm. to use weapons if we do what is required to make the world a better place. If he tried to use nuclear weapons, I think somebody would shoot him in the head. I don't believe the Russian people are suicidal. And at the end of the day, we cannot be intimidated to do what is necessary and right because of the threats of this guy. And if the Iranians ever get a nuclear weapon, they will use it. The difference between Putin and the Ayatollah is that Putin's kind of a nut and he's a thug and a thief and an evil guy. The Ayatollah is a religious Nazi compelled by Allah to kill the Jews and the infidels. So if he ever got a weapon, he would use it. I agree 100%. And then the insanity goes further, doesn't it? Because Biden has Putin, effectively, negotiating the nuclear quote-unquote deal with the Iranians. Now, how insane is that? So he makes Chamberlain look like Churchill. So in the Mm -hmm. middle of a conflict where you have a Russian dictator who's ruthless, dismembering a democracy, you want to cut oil off to Putin to hurt his war machine. You replace that oil by enriching a religious Nazi called the Ayatollah with more money and revenue from oil and gas is literally the dumbest thing in the history of the world. What's the wild card? It's Israel. I'm going to Israel in a couple of weeks. The Israelis uh, are working on red lines for the Iranian nuclear program. The JCPOA will allow the Iranians to enrich. The inspection regime will be a joke, and there will be sunset clauses where it just eventually goes away. I'm going to work with the Israelis to create uh, guardrails on the Iranian nuclear program. If they cross lines of enrichment, weaponization, the use of missile technology, that all bets are off. We've got to tell the Iranians what they can't do. And I'm going to work with the Israelis to set red lines for the Iranian nuclear program to tell them what they can't do. And if they cross these lines, uh, all bets are off. And yet the Biden's putting the shoulder on the Israelis to keep quiet. The Israelis are in a world of hurt. They're our best ally in the region. They're our eyes and ears uh, in the most troubled region of the world. They're a democracy. We have shared values. They have a great military. They share their technology. The Ayatollah is a religious Nazi. Uh, Putin is a thug. Uh, North Korea is a mafia state, and China's, you know, just a bad actor. The Iranians are different. They're compelled by a religious view to act on their religious beliefs, and their religious beliefs require them to create a certain level of chaos so that their um, missing imam will come back and uh, win the day. So they want a nuclear weapon. The Iranians do to use it. I really do believe that North Korea is not going to attack America tomorrow. They may sell the technology. But I think if the Iranians had a nuclear bomb, they would use it against uh, Israel, the one and only Jewish state, uh, and against the Arab, Sunni Arabs, their mortal ally, uh, enemies. So we live in the most incredible, dangerous times since the 30s, and the people in charge of our government do not understand the people that we're dealing with. They don't understand Putin. They don't understand Chi, and they don't understand the Ayatollah. And in the meantime, Senator Graham, we are not building up the United States military like it needs to be built up. I mean, spending trillions and trillions, yeah. massive debt, and we, and the only right. the only department that's not getting the funds that it actually needs is the Defense Department. Well, it's funny you mention that. We're having a real hell of a fight about the 2022 budget. The Biden budget increase defense spending by 1.4%, well below inflation. 
increased non-defense spending by 13%. So when he put his budget out, he saw domestic spending at 13% being necessary, military spending being below inflation is okay. President Biden has been wrong for 40 years about what it takes to keep America safe. Their budget is a nightmare for the military. Thanks to Mitch McConnell and Shelby and McCarthy, we're going to add $45 billion to the defense budget, um, hopefully in the next couple of days. The next 2023 budget, it better be well more than inflation because you got hypersonic weapons being developed by China. you got a deep water Navy being developed by China. Al-Qaeda and uh, ISIS are still alive and well roaming around out there. And you got a ambitious Iran trying to break out and to get a nuke. Now, what do the Israelis need? They need refueling capability and they need bunker busters. And the Biden administration is not giving the Israelis what they need to defend themselves against a nuclear Iran, uh, armed Iran. And they're not all in and helping the Ukrainians defend themselves against the Russians. We live in very dangerous times, and that's why your program is so important. We may have our differences, but 90% of the time we agree. I miss Ronald Reagan. I miss Donald Trump. And I appreciate you being on the air, telling it as it is, the world as it really is, rather than wish, wishing it to be something it's not. Wow, that's very kind of you. Now, um, and I appreciate that. And this is very, very important. I mean decision. Well, it's very kind of you. I really do appreciate that. Uh, this this issue of our military, though, is very, very troubling because, as you point out, the Chinese are on the move, the Russians are on the move, the Iranians are on the move. Right. What kind of a country, che- uh, check that, what kind of a government fails to protect its country? What kind of a, what kind of a government unilaterally attacks its own energy system undermines its own military by not strengthening it, and has borders wide open. What, what kind of thinking is this? Well, people are out of touch with the threats we face from World War I to World War II. That period of time, there were a lot of decisions made by democracies to disarm. They had a, probably five or six occasions to stop Hitler, and we blinked every time. So this administration is more worried about climate change than they are about energy independence. They're an unreliable ally. What started Putin thinking about invading Ukraine was Afghanistan. I have, along with you and a few others, been arguing that we needed a residual counterterrorism force to stay in Afghanistan. If we ever pulled the plug on the face, uh, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and Taliban would take over, and they did. It's just a matter of time to some of these terrorist cells penetrate our country through a broken southern border, and kill a bunch of Americans. God, I hope I'm wrong. But the Chinese are modernizing their military at a very rapid uh, pace. We're falling behind in the hypersonic missile race. And the military budget presented by the Biden administration is woefully inadequate. When it comes to the Ukraine, they're doing the least amount they can, as long as they can, and they only adjust when we kick their ass. I can't wait to 2022 in November when we take the House and the Senate as Republicans and we can stop some of this madness. In 2024, the Republican Party better nominate somebody who understands peace through strength. All right, Lindsey Graham, I appreciate it. And a lot of people are coming to your position on taking out Putin as the only alternative there is. If he is this, this mad nuke bomber, I think we have an obligation 
to encourage people to do it, not just to uh, to silently pray. All right, Senator, thanks for happen. your help on that. Thank you. Thank All you. Right, take care. I agree with him on these issues, with Iran, with the nukes, with Biden, with the failure to properly fund our military, and his position is Reagan's position. His position is effectively Trump's position on these issues. That's the truth. These other positions are bizarre positions as far as I'm concerned. I'll be right back. Mark Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. By the way, this January 6th committee is so sickening. Stephen Miller, a good friend of this program, a good friend of the country. He's suing to block a subpoena of phone records. I looked at this, so what now? Bloomberg writes that Trump White House senior advisor Stephen Miller sued the House January 6th committee to block a subpoena of his parents' T-Mobile family plan, which provides him with a number. You believe that, Mr. Producer? This committee is subpoenaing his parents' T-Mobile family plan because they gave him a number and they want to track it down. This isn't a serious committee. This is a seriously sick, bastardized operation. That's what it is. They've learned a lot from Putin and Xi and Una and all the rest. Yes, they have. XM Satellite, Boston, Massachusetts. Corinne, how are you? Well, thank oh, you. Oh, I know it's Karen. Um, I'm, I'm just calling... kidding. Yes, yeah, That's okay. Um, I'm a teacher, and we just voted to, to, to divest from fossil fuels. And when I questioned that, especially the timing of it. I was told that fossil fuels were a poor investment and then had to listen to a litany of people who told me that we needed to save our children's future and that fossil fuels were um, destroying our planet and were affecting the most vulnerable and the poorest of us. And I felt like I was going insane. And there was like no rational thought whatsoever. And it's just so frustrating. It's sickening. These are teachers, and that's even more sickening. And many of them will become propagandists, if not already. Fossil fuels. Let's see, fossil fuels. Do they like the clothing that they wear? Do they like the materials that are used in their home? Uh, Do they like many of the cosmetic uh, products that are produced? Lots of them use fuel of various sorts. What else can I say? Do they like uh, automobiles, tires, Everything, really. Do they like the wrapping around the packages or the packages that are used uh, for their food? They like the fact that the food is transported. They like the fact that the food has to be harvested, and we could go on and on and on. Now, these teachers say, well, we, climate change, we need new technologies. We don't have new technologies to replace fossil fuels that way. How's the sun going to create packaging? 
Why don't you ask them that? Very basic question. My God. This is why everybody's going to Florida. You want to know the truth? Tennessee and Texas. They can't take it anymore. In addition to the weather, you have the leftists. Well, I want to thank you for your courage, my friend, and I want to thank you for your call. You sound terrific. All right, Mr. Producer, who's next? Yes. On the mark, living at Paul in Somerset, Pennsylvania. Beautiful area. How are you, Paul? I'm all right, Mark. I'm no longer in Somerset, though. I'm almost a Washington PA. Wow. And I'm a truck driver, but I took your advice. You, I took your advice that you espoused on me years ago with your great knowledge. And I went and ran for my local school board two years ago. And I yeah. lost by 24 votes. What in oh, two years no. later, I, yeah. beat them, I beat them at their own game. And I got on that school board. And when I got on that school board, I found out just how bad it was. Yeah. And all I can say to my fellow Levinites out there, if you want to run for office, the most important office you can run for to save our country is your local school board. The education of your children is of the utmost importance to push back against the indoctrination of the last 40 years. And if that woman that you just had on was a school teacher, God help us with the people we have educating our kids. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, I'm glad you're there, my brother. That's wonderful. And you're exactly right. You got to... I'm all choked up. You got to do as Biden says. Bottom up. Yeah, go ahead. Listen, Mark, we we have to take our country back. We've got the hope that John Durham's going to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. We've got to teach history the way it is, not the way these knuckleheads want it to be. You know, when you when you try to erase history, you're bound to repeat it. Mm-hmm. You're right, my friend. Thank you. You really, you really took the words to heart. You make me very proud, and I think most of the people in this audience too. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm all choked up. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, Canada's truckers, and. The men and women in Ukraine, we pray for you. We hope you get the weapons you need and kill as many of these bastards as you can. I'll see you next time. Take care of yourselves.